welcome to She Dares to Dream podcast. I'm your host, Michaela Oleksova, multi-passionate creative entrepreneur, marketing strategist and educator. And my intention is to empower you to create anything your soul desires. Whether you want to find your life's purpose, leave your nine to five job or turn your unique talent into a thriving business, this is the place to dream big. Through a series of intimate conversations, I'll be sharing inspiring stories of incredible humans who had the courage to follow their dreams, building their meaningful lives and successful businesses. I believe that their personal stories can not only touch your heart and soul, they can move and motivate you to take an inspired action and unleash your own potential. So get ready to live your dreams, no matter how big or small. Hey friends, welcome back to She Dares to Dream podcast. In today's episode, I'm chatting to Olivia Weldon, a Reiki master, purveyor of fine crystals and founder of White Witch Collective. She's navigated through adversity at school, which resulted in severe anxiety. Turning to crystals and spirituality, she's not only healed herself, today Olivia is using her own personal experience to passionately speak about mental health issues and believes that it is in the face of adversity that we blossom. Olivia created White Witch Collective because she wished to share the healing properties of crystals with the world use her extensive experience in the world of spirituality and prove that our difficulties do not define us. So if you're ready, let's dive in and talk business, spirituality, anxiety and fine crystals for the modern bohemian. Hi Olivia and welcome to the show. I'm so happy you're joining me today. Hey Michaela, thank you so much for having me. I've been so excited to join you here on this space Um, and I just think that The world is ready to hear all about um, this sort of thing, you know, spirituality, business, combining the two, the merry dance between the two. So, yeah, thank you. Thank you for being here. And I would just like to read a beautiful description that you've got on your website that says, we are for the spiritually curious, bohemian dreamer and soulful stargazer, the crystal collector and witchy wayfarer, local tourist and sun-drenched traveler. Those who've decided this is my hour, we are for those reclaiming their power. But this is so beautiful and it really resonates with me. And um, But can you tell us and people who are listening what exactly people can expect when they come across your website and join your community? What is White Witch Collective that you offer and what's your mission? So really our mission in essence is to facilitate self-optimization and connection through clean, consciously sourced fine crystals. And all you can expect is gorgeous, consciously sourced, high vibe crystals um, that will just uplift your home, uplift your space and just kind of inspire joy. Um, I mean, it's undeniable, isn't it? When you look at a beautiful bouquet of flowers or go for a walk in nature in the forest and the woods, um, being immersed in nature, um, you know, it's it's proven to improve the mood and um, have a positive effect on the psyche. So just having these beautiful pieces of nature that have been unearthed, um, you know, in your home, it's 
they're, they're bound to have a positive effect on the mind and your sort of well-being in general. Um, so really, yeah, you can expect to feel happier um, as these stones have made me feel happier throughout the years. I mean, I discovered them when I had just moved to Bristol and I was going through some really crazy paranormal experiences, sort of psychic um, experiences that left me actually, I'd say sort of paralyzed by fear and these beautiful objects from the ground um, dug up in the mud, you know, that, that are so beautiful. Um, I think a nice metaphor is like sort of, you know, lotuses growing in mud, you know, these stunning pieces um, that are just unearthed from the depths of the darkness. Um, the earth's crust and they just they changed my life so really I just wanted to kind of harness that feeling of seeing something so beautiful and feeling its profound spiritual and emotional effects with the world and the world has responded really positively because here I am two years later um still sharing that um sharing that magic so yeah I'm here to sh- here to share share the magic with everyone really and that's the goal that's so beautiful. And uh, obviously the, the crystals you source, and we're going to talk about them um, a little bit further. Uh, they are definitely magical just by looking at them. <laughs> but going back to um, your business and how you launch, there's obviously lots of reasons why people launch their business. Um, they either spot a gap on the market or they find their purpose, they chase their dreams. So what was it for you to make you launch White Witch Collective or was it a combination of several events or uh, lucky accidents, serendipity moments? Good question. Um so let me just sort of take you back to May, well, it's the first of May today, um, May 2018. Um, it was literally around this time two years ago, so pretty much to the day. I um, had one particular sort of supernatural experience all my life. I've been plagued um, with just a very intense um sort of sensitivity to other realms, I suppose. And for those that have never had any kind of supernatural experience whatsoever, this will sound terribly woo-woo. Um, and you're probably wondering if I'm all right. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, they've left me quite shaken, some of them. And science can't explain it yet, um, but I know what I've experienced. And anyway, on this one particular occasion, I had a visitation um, from a, a ghost for want of a better word, um, energy um, trapped in this realm and this on this level, this dimension, and it was very unsettling and disturbing, very negative. And it was kind of at this moment where I thought, Do you know what, I've had enough of these debilitatingly scary encounters with spirit. And I actually googled um, something like tools for psychic protection, something along these lines, and black green came up. And I had always been a spiritual person. This is kind of what led to my bullying throughout school um, that resulted in crippling anxiety um, that forced me to leave. But um, I was always a bit, bit weird, bit wacky, bit sort of in touch with um, spirituality and, I, and, and magic. And I just kind of had this innate awareness of other things at play at work in the universe that aren't tangible, that cannot be seen with the naked eye and I think at school people thought it was a bit weird because of this blame it on my Aquarius moon um 
And anyway, I kind of rediscovered crystals because as a child, I'd always been digging in the earth, looking for rocks and shiny things, muddy need. Um, so yeah, I kind of happened upon crystals again. And I was like, oh, hello, old friends, you know, kind of reunited um, with, with, with my rocks. And anyway, I went into, a, into some crystal shops in Bristol and I was really uninspired. I don't know if you've ever been into a crystal shop, but the majority of them are like, the only way I can kind of describe it is almost like, battery farmed hens um they seem really like unethical almost and it's like the shop spaces that i've entered are quite depressing places to be all these crystals are stacked one on top of the other literally just gathering dust and other people's energy if you think about how many individuals enter and leave a shop again every day and all these crystals are just sort of <gasps> suffocating in this space no one's cleansing them no one's looking after them maintaining their energy because you know these are sacred beings of the earth and um yeah I just that really bothered me um and I did eventually find one lovely shop which has since shut but it inspired me to create my own space for people to shop online and I wanted to create a clean cut fresh organic crystal shop and that's what Whitewood Collective is and what it's become um so really yeah it was that one particular psychic experience where I was like nah <laughs> I'm out <laughs> I've had it with this um and it kind of all it was like a domino effect really um one thing led to another and it was around this time actually that I got a job in recruitment lol I'm probably the least suited person <laughs> to a cutthroat industry like that I think I lasted all of three months um I just ended up talking to people about their feelings on the phone all day. <laughs> um, and yeah, I, yeah, I left that job within three months because I thought this is not serving me whatsoever. Um, and I just, it was terrifying because obviously that was my only source of income, but I just ditched it. I thought I cannot do this, cannot do this. Um, and then the crystal shop was kind of, I mean, it wasn't enough to live off, but I lived with my boyfriend, Hugh, and we were both kind of, helping each other out. We were both surviving. We were in major, major, major survival mode. And my overdraft was, <laughs> it was astronomical, but I got through. And it's almost like the shop grew as a result of my genuine love for it. Like it, it wasn't, although I was in survival mode, it wasn't, there was never any urgency or like need or desperation around the shop. It was purely there to serve others. I never viewed it as a money-making machine because it's not. The profit margins are very, very slim and it's a very niche business. Not everyone knows what Crystal is, you know. Um, it's very specific. So I think the reason it's kind of resonated with so many people and grown over the last few years and has, you know, continued on the up is because at the bottom of it, you know, that this is predicated on love and wanting to share what I've learned from the Crystals. Um, so yeah, that's kind of where it all started from my weird psychic stuff. <laughs> yeah. And I, I think like you said, you know, you were not kind of launching the business to become a billionaire. It's, mm. uh, it's when we connect to our, um, passion and purpose and we are there to serve others that the external success will eventually come. Um, but that's not often, um, how it starts for a lot of um, kind of soulpreneurs or people who mm. business um, because they kind of listen to their heart and, as I said, connect to their purpose. 
And I've had businesses fail. I mean, I did actually start um, like a, this was years ago, an online clothing shop. And I made a massive loss. I mean, I was fair, I was like 18 and I didn't know what a business plan was. So <laughs> I was stabbing in the dark, um, throwing things at a wall and seeing what sticks. But I was still ballsy enough to try it. And I'm really proud of my failures as a businesswoman because I actually attribute my present day success to them. And I think that you kind of have to fail your way to success. Like no one makes a business overnight and it's, you know, turning a profit and it works. I mean, sometimes you do. There's, you know, a glitch in the matrix, a fluke in the system, and you are kind of up and running within seconds and coining it in. But I think ultimately businesses that do begin like that, you know, so fortunately, probably will encounter quite a big um, sort of dysfunction at some point, malfunction, and it, it might be curtains. So I actually think it's really good to kind of grow um, sort of from failure as a foundation. I know that sounds negative and dismal, but it's actually really, really positive because rock bottom, I think, as J.K. Rowling said, it's a really solid foundation from which to start. So, um, yeah, I'm grateful for my shortcomings and sort of setbacks and, and failures. Yeah, I totally agree with you because I always sing and um, <laughs> I am, you know, um, calling myself out on that as well. Like how many times I, you know, launched... Um, so many businesses in the past and uh, they you know were failures but like you said uh, it's just because I'm just passionate on trying so many different things and for me they are like uh, learning curves and uh, roadblocks on uh, moving to what I'm really meant to be doing and um, I always like when something doesn't work out and or something fails I I don't really beat myself up or I'm not negative about it. I'm actually excited because I always kind of ask, like, bring it on, universe, what this is supposed to mean, you know, and uh, what does it mean? And what better is there waiting for me? You know, so I, I'm actually always excited when something doesn't work out, which is even like weird. That's so true. That's so true. It's all about perspective here, isn't it? It's sort of just reprogramming your mind to interpret the inverted commas failure Differently. So I do failure as lesson. It's like, what can I learn from this? What is this trying to show me? What is this teaching me? We can ascend and grow. Because if something ends, you know that something even better is going to begin, right? You're kind of closing that door to open the new one. Totally. I believe that each and every one of us holds big dreams inside. And I talk um, about dreams in my podcast um, all the time. Um, Together with the potential and capacity to make them come true, we hold this potential um, and capacity within us. How do you go about chasing your own dreams? And do you have any technique or process or ritual you follow to stay on the track, like uh, dream vision boards or manifestation or visualization? What is your thing? I think it's just doing it. <laughs> um, not to paraphrase Nike <laughs> but just just get on and do it really um I know that sounds well it's easier said than done um but often I feel like so many people trip themselves up and paralyze themselves um with inertia they'll just sort of sit there festering thinking oh my gosh will it work won't it work what about this what about that and they kind of make excuses to shut it down before it's even begun and it's so easy to overthink 
things, um, especially, you know, businesses, because this is how people make their livelihoods. It kind of defines them. Um, their self-esteem and egos are on the line because, you know, what if I fail? Um, but as you we were saying, failure is actually really good and I welcome it, um, especially as you're getting going because, you know, it's learning. It's, 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 that's, how you, that's how you learn. Um, you know, as a child learning to walk, you fall on your face you know, millions of times and, and then, then you're going, then you're running, then you're riding bikes and you're swimming. Um, so, yeah, I think not overthinking, keeping it simple and just, you know, bringing it back to centre and thinking, do you know what, this is what I want to do. I'm going to find a way to do it. Um, and I also think with that, it's sort of tempered with caution because obviously if if there are major blocks and things are just not flowing and you're feeling a lot of negative energy around this externally, so not, so not from within yourself, um, I think it might be sort of good to rethink perhaps or um, pause and reflect because I think that with this business, with White Witch Collective, it was always like it's, it's almost like it was always meant to be because it just happened. It's almost like with all the other business ideas I've had and I was doing social media management for a while, which, you know, just about paid my rent, but it was stressful and I, you know, it, it wasn't a joy. And it's because I was trying so hard and there was this, uh, this sort of energy, um, this air of desperation around it. And I feel like the business ideas that kind of come naturally and you're inspired by without having to force yourself to be are the, the real winners. So I think being able to differentiate between, um, you know, a good idea and a bad idea um, is really important and not, push, not, not pushing, not forcing things that don't fall into place naturally. Um, and also in terms of sort of, tips and tricks I'm massive for manifestation um and I mean I do like doing my little crystal grid kits um as you might have seen on the shop I find those really really effective because they're just such great focal points but more often than not I don't really use anything I just I'll lie in bed and I might go on insight timer which is a great app for sleep meditations and I'll do like abundance meditations as I fall asleep and it basically um sort of taps into your subconscious and I've honestly seen such major um results since doing that I started maybe four months ago and so many things have happened since then um in terms of you know positive milestones for the business <laughs> it might just be coincidence but I, I'm starting to not really believe in coincidence anymore I think that it's all about what we're putting out and what we're believing about ourselves because um, if we believe that we are strong powerful beautiful individuals the universe will we'll hold a mirror up and and show us show us that we are um like the universe responds to what we put out there so I think it's about being really mindful of that um and actually I, I used to walk to this horrible job this recruitment job in this, the most depressing office with the most depressing people um and I remember the only way to actually get myself in the door on the walk to work um was to sort of like literally sort of like talk to myself <laughs> like like one of these people you see in the street just sort of chatting to myself about you know how I'm going I kind of pretended that the office I was walking to was my own and I had a shop and I was selling crystals and having lovely positive warm interactions with people every day and serving people and just being in a beautiful space and after three months that that happened like I was to leave that job and do that but obviously not in real life you know online um so I think visualization is major, 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 major.
visualization is manifestation. Yeah, because the, the, the feelings and emotions we want to uh, kind of attract as well. Yeah, definitely. Um, for sure. And I think mantras are really important. I mean, one thing I like to say before before I fall asleep is, you know, I'm an abundant being, I'm always safe, and I'm always protected. And that's sort of what I do whenever I'm feeling a bit wobbly. Um, and I think journaling is great for some people. I'm not major on it myself, but I think the act of writing down what you want the outcomes, the desired results, your your dreams, wishes, goals. I think that that, that can be really effective. Um, I know people often write letters to themselves as well, and then they they will literally post them to themselves and um, receive it in the post sort of a few weeks later, um, depending on when you post it. And um, that can be really effective as well, um, sort of see how far you've come. And uh, yeah. That's amazing. <laughs> But um, you already kind of mentioned uh, a little bit about your background um, at the beginning. Uh, but going back to your personal journey, can you tell me a bit more about um, your background? Obviously, uh, maybe even your youth, because you said that um, you had to face the adversity at school and you even abandoned the education. So would you mind sharing a bit more about that? Yeah, of course. I think it's really important to speak about this. I'm glad you've asked me. Um, I think that the education system is an outmoded system. I think it's, you know, a one size fits all policy, which is just so inappropriate, um, given the diversity of, you know, of children um, within it. It's like, there's this mold. And if you, you know, we're, we're sort of squashed and forced into it, but sometimes it just breaks you. And um, I've always struggled with um, female relationships throughout school. Like, I don't know why. It's just sort of never been something that has worked out for me. Um, so that's kind of something that I've been healing throughout my work um, with White Witch Collective because the majority of my customers are women and we speak. I've had phone calls with them about crystals and we end up talking about all kinds of things. Um, you know, Instagram is major. I have such a big network of women that I'm I'm connected to and I help and I have an exchange of um energy with and it's that's really healing um that kind of connectivity um it's almost like a big digital online women's circle so that's quite healing but yeah at school it was just a lot of bullying um which I struggled with and it's sad because I was very academic um I loved a good essay um <laughs> a bit of a book nerd um but it just wasn't meant to be so obviously I left school um, on doctor's orders because my anxiety was just off the charts, awful. Had a couple of years kind of self-healing, um, like lots of nature walks. I discovered earthing and that kind of thing. Um, and obviously because I didn't have the qualifications for university, I tried again. So I went back to school and around. it's really odd, actually. I had a physical illness that no one could... Um, diagnosed and we had blood kits sent all around Europe it was suspected Lyme at one point people thought it might be I don't know I think it was fibromyalgia or something like this um any anyway the doctors they were baffled and after about four months of pretty much being bedridden I sort of healed myself with probiotics and meditation and again like more immersion in nature and it's almost like I think it was my sister she was quite young at the time and she's quite quiet but whatever she does say is quite profound and is listened to and I think she said something like when will you learn 
when will you learn that the universe is trying to tell you no just surrender surrender to the fact that you are not destined for um a conventional sort of career conventional life um you know it's just not going to happen so accept it and I was like oh my god yeah why am I even why am I fighting this why am I trying to get these qualifications get a get a degree um get a a a normal job you know like why am I trying to do this why so it kind of made me what forced me to sort of reflect um and I was sort of reunited with myself who I'd forgotten for years and years and years and I was like oh hello it's you again I haven't seen you for about 15 years how are you how are you doing what do you want in life where do you want to go who are you like what are you looking for um and I kind of I basically carved out this space for myself which is white witch collective um because nowhere nowhere else wanted me you know it's so tragic isn't it that our world our society only deems you important successful worthy good enough if you've got the grades if you've got the degree if you've got the shiny career um so I'm kind of I'm a bit of a game changer with this I think that my work will probably evolve in time to um sort of focus more on this because I think there needs to be so much more on offer to kids than you know go to school get a degree get a job then then more um and I think that that is proven um in the crazy statistics of teenage um mental health issues depression anxiety there is just a huge surge um and it's just increasing you know year on year and I think that that's just so indicative of a massive failure of the system to cater to all of these unique individual different souls and that there's no alternative path um and you know universities you know suicide rates are going up and you know there's just such a huge flaw in the education system so I hope that my journey can inspire people to feel the fear and take the leap and you know just do it just crack on and do it and you know I hope that it inspires people um, to really think about what they want out of life and uh, whether or not they, they want a job. If you do, that's great. If you want to, you know, if you want a nine to five, I'm all for that. You know, I wanted that for years and years and years and it works perfectly, beautifully, um, but it just wasn't meant to be for me. And I think that that's okay. It's okay to do something different. Um, so yeah, that's kind of me and that's, that's sort of my background. Um, and yeah. Here I am today. Sorry. Thank you for coming to my TED talk. <laughs> Ten minutes later. <laughs> so important because as as you were just uh, speaking about your own experience, I almost got a goosebumps because I've got a nine-year-old girl. You know, she's now in the school system, but there's obviously a lot of pressure, you know, like uh, her friends going to like gazillions of uh, after-school clubs, etc. But I always kind of... Um, believe that you need to listen to your children more and be aware of um you know what they are interested in rather than kind of setting your own expectations or putting your own expectations on them and kind of forcing them to do what they don't want to do so we are a very creative household and i think it's really important for her to express and kind of um, step back and let her take the lead so I really loved what you just said and you are just an example that, you know, 
you can kind of do anything, you know, and, and make anything possible really for yourself. You just follow your own um, path and, and stay in your lane. You can. You can do anything. That's true. So simple and so true. You can do anything. So if you're listening, you can, you can do it, guys. You can do anything. <laughs> That's all we need to know. And it's fine. And you can. Exactly. And uh, so was it as early as, you know, when you were um, in school that you, this is when your story with crystals began and, um, or how did you discover their healing power? Or was it later when you had that uh, supernatural experience? Yeah, so this is quite a straightforward answer. I mean, as a child, I've always been really, really into geology, all the girls at school, this is think in reception or kindergarten like not even in the into the key stages here so maybe three four five um they'd all be playing in the home corner playing mummies and daddies with you know you know dragging little dollies around um by their ankles <laughs> and i'd be playing with the dinosaurs <laughs> with the boys um always a bit sort of different in that sense um you know i loved digging around in the mud and looking for pottery and um strange artifacts and things and crystals and rocks were my favorite thing um any friends who had driveways um to their, to their homes you know with pebbles to gravel I would just be there all day looking for things um interesting interestingly shaped rocks <laughs> fascinating um so yeah I, that's always been in me but obviously as I grew up I sort of I guess I just kind of fell out of touch with that side of myself. And it was only through the supernatural experiences and strange encounters that I kind of was reunited with that, um, that innate sense of wonder, um, that love of nature. Often the universe typically brings us what we need the most. And we kind of talked about it a little bit, uh, but not what we necessarily want. So do you believe that we are the ones who actually choose the crystals or the crystals choose us for one reason or another i think that it's momentary meeting in the middle that what we were saying earlier on about sort of what you're putting out the universe will respond to sort of like tenfold um a little like karma in a way it's almost like if you're putting signals out there that you're sort of in terms of crystals that you're sort of wanting to invite, you know, I don't know, sort of light and abundance into your life, then perhaps you will feel more called um, to a crystal that traditionally will attract these things into your life. Um, but yeah, I mean, a lot of my customers will see stones on the website and they'll message me and they'll say, Oh my gosh, I love this. Um, let me just muse on this for a while and I'll come back to you or they'll sort of mention it they'll they'll get a bee in their bonnet over a certain crystal because they feel the, they feel the cool and um when you're really really into crystals like I am and lots of people are you'll know what I mean when I say feel the cool because you do you'll dream about the crystal it'll appear to you in meditations vision quests um it will just it will honestly it will haunt you it's like having a crystal crush <laughs> Um, honestly it is it's really intense it's really intense I've actually thought of and dreamt of some crystals more than I have like sort of love interests in the past back in my single days honestly it's it's crazy um so yeah and they'll, they'll sort of fixate on a crystal that they they're obsessed with and then when it goes 
if they if they don't buy it in time, which happens a lot, they massively regret it because <laughs> nothing haunts you like the crystals you didn't buy. But they'll say, it's quite interesting, they'll all say to me, oh, I guess it wasn't meant to be. That's obviously not the stone for me. But I think, I think there is an element of truth to that. I do think that everything works out just as it's supposed to. I do think that everything happens um, for a reason to an extent, because otherwise that becomes fate, which I don't necessarily believe with, because I think we're all masters of our own fate. And actually, I think saying things like, oh, it's not meant to be, and oh, well, that's fate, c'est la vie, I feel like that's all quite passive. And it's almost like being a victim in your own life. So I feel like we need to switch it around, subvert that, so we become the protagonists of our own lives. And it's like, I want this crystal. This is for me. I feel the call. I'm going to respond and buy it now, and I'm going to invest in myself click, check out, mine, done. And you've called that in. It's like, you've, you've heard the call, you've responded and it's yours and the deal, it's done. It's come full circle. And I feel like that's meant to be. Do you know what I mean? Like if you're feeling the call and that is meant to be, that crystal is for you. And maybe it's just a wasted opportunity if you haven't secured it and you haven't made it yours. I mean, it's not the end of the world, but um, yeah. I th- so yeah, I think things are meant to be up to an extent, um, but ultimately we've got to make things happen in our own lives I think <laughs> that, that's my feeling on it yeah absolutely I, I think we we, we can be uh, dreamers but we also need to be doers right absolutely yes yeah yeah so yeah sort of head in the clouds feet on the ground so um we've all heard of uh, meditation and mindfulness yoga and breathing exercises to help us de-stress um and how can we quieten our rushing, racing and anxious mind with crystals um, specifically? And how effective is this practice? Yeah, interesting. So I have always struggled to focus and concentrate with meditation and mindfulness practices. Um, I get really, I'm such a fidget knickers. I can't sit still in yoga classes. Honestly, you'd think that I'm this sort of very calm, sort of centered, spiritual crystal witch. But honestly, I find it really difficult to actually tell my brain to shut up. So, so crystals have actually been really effective for me because they having a physical in your hand, in your space, whether you're looking at it, whether it's in your hand with your eyes closed, you've got that sort of that tangible physical um, being. Whereas meditation for me, I will always I'll sort of open one eye and look around the room and think about what I'm going to have for dinner tonight, which is pretty meditative in itself. <laughs> um, but I'm never really, well, I struggle to sort of really sink in and drop in. Um, and crystals just, they're, they're like an anchor point for me. And I think lots of people resonate with this once they start using them. And again, with my yoga practice, whenever I do find myself on the mat, I will always have either a crystal grid, like I'll set one up. And that really focuses me at the top of my mat, um, the kits I was telling you about earlier on on my site, or maybe just like one crystal I feel cool to that morning, that afternoon, I'll put it on top of my mat. And it's almost like setting the intention. It's like the crystals are the intention setters and they hold space for you. Um, the crystals themselves are facilitators for meditation. They're focal points. Um, and they do really help anchor your practice in the physical world and keep you grounded because they are physical, they're tangible. Whereas meditation and breath work, it's all kind of, it's all intangible. Um, you can't see it exactly. You just experience it. But that said, I think that it's really important to remember that it's always to do with the intention behind the practice. So for example, you could be, um, you know, you could have like 
what what's been sold to you as the most powerful crystal of all time for protection say but if if you're too scared and and you know you don't actually trust yourself and you don't believe that you yourself are powerful and you don't believe that you yourself are strong and brave and courageous and um you're not open-minded and you don't believe that this will help you in any way then it's not going to so it's kind of finding a balance between your own belief and your own sort of receptiveness and um sort of letting the crystal work for you if that makes sense so i always say that cynicism is tragic and you're just sort of shutting yourself off from the world and from magic and from mystery and wonder whereas skepticism is healthy so lots of people who are new to this are like well what's it going to do for me and really and i'm saying that's fine you've not experienced what i have so of course you're going to be doubtful but just give it a go be open and see where it leads you see where this takes you um and actually i feel like we you know we hold the power crystals 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 are beautiful and um so powerful energetically because you know it's quantum physics it's like a law of nature there is energy in every single thing um by everything has a vibration i mean like people you know good and bad we we use words like gravitate and vibe you know oh i gravitate to him i gravitate to her or we really vibed, you know, he, I, I really, she has a good vibe. This place has a bad vibe. It's like, you know, literally we are vibrating, um, with people and places and stones hold the same, the same magic stuff. Um, and that's quantum physics really. It's, um, as simple as that, but we also hold the power. Um, and it's, it is all about the intention behind it. So in the same way that a meditation is only as good as your focus and your, intention to you know really allow yourself to soak up the benefits of it and get in there and really you know just let yourself unwind and give your space you'll give yourself the space to um to do that and experience that crystals are sort of the same if you hold it in your hand and you think nah it's not going to do anything then that's just the same as doing a meditation and opening your eyes two minutes in or looking at your watch do you know what i mean so it's kind of it's kind of up to us to an extent yeah, I totally agree. It's uh, about intention in whatever we do, whether it's a spiritual practice um, and really the crystals, like you said, and meditation, mindfulness, yoga and, and breathing and whatever, you know, all sorts of um, um, practices. They are just tools really to help us get there. But it is about the intention, as you mentioned. Yeah, totally agree. And I, I had to say, like you mentioned um how the crystals are like a physical kind of things and uh, um kind of tools to uh help us with the focus or kind of bring our awareness into something i have to say that it makes such a massive difference when i'm working and uh, obviously you know managing a business uh, juggling all balls at the same time it can be really chaotic and stressful and um, it makes such a difference when I put uh, my you know big crystal next to me uh, you know next to the to-do list and everything and all the papers it really focuses my attention and kind of allows me to kind of let go not to be so hard on and really kind of helps me ground like you said you know even like you know when it's sitting on the table next to me or I go and stroke the crystal it helps me so ground and kind of go from oh my goodness you know you know it's just so powerful and makes such a difference yeah it really really does I completely hear you completely agree 
would you recommend for everyone to introduce crystals into our daily lives to improve our health and well-being and how can we all get started if you know you're talking or someone who doesn't have any uh, experience or didn't kind of use crystals in the past how would you recommend to get started I think just going for what calls you really because you can read so much there's so much information out there and misinformation um I think stay away from anyone who tells you that you need this and you need that you there are so many preachy prescriptive people out there um so yeah the spiritual and well-being community and, and industry as a whole I think can be um quite dubious at times um so you've just kind of got to feel feel it out feel people out because there are a lot of um sort of spiritualists out there who and I'm sure you've come across them with your yoga work who will try and sell you things and they're just very sort of forceful and pre- just really prescriptive um and yes while there are some crystals that are traditionally better suited for certain spiritual ailments than others at the end of the day like we said it's, it's all about the intention I believe so I've used all manner of different crystals for all manner of different things and goals and objectives. And, um, yeah, I just think you've got to go for what calls you. Um, so for example, I think my first crystal was black tourmaline, well, it was black tourmaline, but it, it, the story behind that's interesting. So as I said to you, it's, I, I, I sort of got into crystals again. I rediscovered them on the back of this one particularly nasty supernatural experience. Anyway, I was thinking, oh, you know, I need to attract love and life and positivity into my life. So I thought, okay, rose quartz it is. And I went into some crystal shops and tried looking to rose quartz. And I actually found myself gravitating towards this really scary looking stone, um, big black flaky, like something from Harry Potter. <laughs> I thought it might turn into a monster and bite my hand off or something. Um, black tourmaline. And I wasn't expecting it. And that's the stone I walked out with. So actually, I always think... Never, ever, ever really base your crystal buying decisions on what you think you all get, what you think is going to help um, remedy something. Just be open-minded, kind of just disregard and erase everything you've been told about crystals and just go in blind. I mean, you could literally stand in a crystal shop and just kind of (laughs) with your eyes closed and just feel your way around. It's like, see where you go, in which direction and just, just stripping it right back keeping it simple coming from the heart and just being open to whatever kind of lands in your lap and whatever does I think that's that's the right one because I'm in the business of empowerment I like to empower my customers to make the right choices for them so I get messaged all the time what crystal do I need for anxiety what crystal do I need for love what crystal do I need for this that and the other and I say well since you're asking traditionally people like to use x y but I always encourage them to feel it out um, and use their intuition, tap back into that intuition. And it's all about kind of gaining confidence and learning to trust yourself through the process. So yeah, really, there's nothing to it. <laughs> so you don't uh, necessarily or typically start with the, the ones that assign to your zodiac sign. So what what is the uh, crystals that kind of like for me, it's I think amethyst for Pisces for February? I mean, people do like to do that, and that's totally your choice. Do you know what? I'm actually not massively clued up in terms of the crystals for the zodiac signs, I'm going to be honest, purely because there's so much 
debate out there. Like I've read over the years that my stone is this and that and the other. And I think Opal is one of them, but then someone told me that it's actually Rose Quartz and <laughs> I'm just confused by the whole thing to be honest. So I just, again, I like to keep it really simple and just go for what calls, go for what calls you. And that's the right one for you. I like, I like that. <laughs> so can, can you actually help people with very specific issues or needs? And like you said, you know, your customers would ask you for Christopher anxiety or love or uh, fertility or whatever. Um, so for example, myself, um, I spend obviously a lot of time um, during the day working on my laptop. So would you recommend any crystals to maybe help reduce the radiation emitted by electronic devices like computers, mobiles, Wi-Fis at home? Yeah, interesting question. This is one that comes up. It's been coming up a lot actually recently. Um, so EMF, um, people, that's sort of a buzzword with 5G and everything that's been thrown around a lot. And I know that smoky quartz is allegedly meant to be brilliant for this. Um, and actually, I remember the first time I touched smoky cords, I had like a, phys- had a physical effect on me. I felt like I had been tranquilized by a dart. <laughs> I sort of melted into the sofa and was just absolutely, I was, I was sort of, yeah, polax, like mess, soporific, sleepy mess. It was, it was great. <laughs> um, but yeah, I've heard smoky cords is amazing. And actually my auntie, she's very witchy, very intuitive. She lives in Totnes in Devon. She's awesome. But interestingly, ironically, she doesn't really know much about crystals. And she's sort of been learning through me and she's bought things from me. And she bought smoky quartz from me a few months ago. And she sent me a photo of where she'd put it. And interestingly, I think she got two or three and she set them up around her laptop. And she was like, oh, you know, they've just decided to settle here. I like them here. And um, it's really interesting because I was reading around it and apparently they are amazing for cancelling out EMF. So it's interesting that she was drawn to put them around her computer. So I would 100% recommend Smoky Quartz for that. Um, and yeah, with regard to anxiety and, you know, whatever people want to sort of deal with, we don't claim to cure anything. That's massively important here. Um, you know, always go to a doctor if you're not feeling right, mentally, physically, emotionally, whatever. Um, but I do think that complementary therapy, um, you know, holistic practices, day-to-day routines and rituals are so, so, so crucial, so important to kind of anchoring yourself, um, in your day and all these little moments, um, of, of ritualistic bliss, because, you know, you find yourself lost in, in thought, in flow as you do them, whether it's striking a match and lighting a candle and having a bath or, you know, smudging yourself down with some Palo Santo or making a crystal grid, sitting with a crystal in a meditation. All these little moments are taking your mind off the worries and the agitations and the negativities of the day. And I think it was in a TED talk a few years ago, I heard someone say that happiness is, it's not a telos, it's not an end point, it's not a destination. Happiness is comprised of lots of little moments throughout your day. Um, that give you bliss or joy or peace. So actually the key to happiness is I I think crystals because you can create these little moments for yourself throughout the day, every day, every week, every month, every year, and really sort of cultivate a more wholesome, happy life because of it, all these little moments of joy and flow. Um, But that said, I I do think that smoky quartz and black tourmaline energetically as crystals I've worked with for years to combat my own anxiety symptoms, I just, they're they're amazing. Um, And I do think that it's connected to our chakra system, you know, the energy centers of the body for those listeners who maybe aren't familiar. Um, 
and black tourmaline especially is so effective at grounding and protecting and smoking because they're both dark like the earth star chakra the soul of the feet so it's all about grounding bringing you back down because often with anxiety you'll find that well i don't know if you can relate i'm not sure if you've experienced it before but um amethyst and sort of purpley blue crystals i often find can overstimulate and overactivate the upper chakra sort of of the the heart throat third eye and head and, and crown um sort of the head and I, I kind of it baffles me that some crystal sellers will actually advocate the use of these stones for anxiety because i think wow that's like adding fuel to fire because amethyst is so powerful and it's such an injection of energy and creativity and it's, it's massive stimulant it's a huge stimulant so really what you want to be doing with anxiety or you know symptoms of anxiety is to sort of bring it back down and i do that smoky dark crystals and they bring it to the feet the earth the earth center so yeah that's um that's my go-to pair for anxiety black tourmaline anxiety uh black tourmaline and smoky quartz <laughs> I'm, I'm so glad that we're having this conversation because i'm naturally prone to anxiety like not to oh, kind of bless you. daily stresses you know the fast fast lifestyle you know managing juggling it all it's like i think kind of everyone I, I think experience some kind of level of this less stress and anxiety in their life or in their business. And finally, you say that because obviously um, my birthstone is um, amethyst, and I um, naturally kind of um, am attracted to amethyst, and I and I love having amethyst around. It, as I said, you know, it kind of. Um, yeah, it's, it kind of brings me joy. But then you, said, you mentioned that amethyst is really probably not very good for managing anxiety. And I should maybe try uh, experiment with different stones. So this is just so interesting. So thank you for sharing mm. that. No, you're welcome. Interesting that you resonate with it. Lots of people do. Um, because they have been sort of prescribed ang- uh, amethyst for their anxiety symptoms. And then they wonder why they can't get to sleep. And I'm like, Amethyst, you know, it's just this massive, massive surge of creative energy. And, you know, people work with Amethyst to, you know, experience lucid dreaming and have, you know, crazy nights. Like, it it makes sense. (laughs) It makes sense. Um, Why go out when you could just, you know, sleep with an Amethyst by your bed, you know? Well, which takes me to, to the next question, because I wanted to ask you if there are actually any crystals that we should avoid or stay away from, um, or are there any that are not really uh, good for us? Okay, interesting. So you know when people say, oh, well, that's bad luck, and don't don't walk over three drains because that's bad luck, and superstition. I think it's bad luck to believe in bad luck. So I actually think, go like do whatever. Whatever works for you, it works for you. If it doesn't work for someone else, that's up to them. So I think, no, just, yeah, embrace everything um, and be discerning. I think discernment is the sort of key word for this whole industry because people will try and sell you all kinds of stuff that you actually don't need. Um, that's why we don't actually stock huge varieties of crystals on our website because you just don't need all this stuff. Our crystals are kind of general in one sense because they sort of tap into so many different chakra points and kind of tick all the boxes um so yeah I just think I think yeah there's nothing that's intrinsically categorically bad everything is intrinsically neutral um I believe that said I 
<laughs> the one stone I actually don't think I'll ever have in my house is black obsidian um, because I've I've touched it before and I've held it and there's something that's not quite right about it. But as I said, that's just me. Other people buy it. Um, I do remember hearing a story, actually. Um, people have sort of said that it works in quite a mysterious way in that it's very protective, but in a kind of a, a too intense way, a bit like, um, I think it's goddess, the green Tara goddess, who she's, de- she's depicted in her throne with one foot sort of touching you know, slipping off the throne, coming earth side, because she's ready to intervene and throw you out of the road so you don't get hit by a car. But because she threw you out of the road with such force, you've, you've, you're black and blue and you've broken some ribs and you know, you're not dead, but you're injured. So it's sort of this very fierce protection. And people often say that the energy with which black obsidian is imbued is sort of too fiercely protective. And I've heard of someone... Um, I think they were meeting their boss or a not very nice colleague for a business lunch, a meeting. And I think they bought some black, some black obsidian for protection to sort of see themselves in the meeting. And um, as they walked down, the, I think the loos are downstairs and they're walking down the stairs and they basically slipped down the stairs and broke their leg or their ankle or whatever. And they were carted off to hospital in an ambulance. So yes, they were protected from that meeting, but in a really extreme way. Do you see what I'm saying? <laughs> Totally. That is so, yeah. So whenever people talk to me about, you know, black black obsidian or black tourmaline, I always push black tourmaline, but that is biased because that's my own opinion. So I'll always say, you know, this is my own opinion. You don't have to listen to this. Go out into the world, touch both crystals and see what feels right. But yeah, black obsidian, I just <laughs> I just don't want to go there. Not interested. Yeah. <laughs> and once you actually find your crystal, how do you look after it? And do you have to clean it to kind of re-energize it, to maintain their power? How, how do you kind of do it? Because I heard, obviously, you should maybe bath the crystals like in a moonlight and stuff like that. So tell me, like, from your professional perspective, what shall we do? Good question. They're quite high maintenance. <laughs> They're a bit like children or small animals or sort of houseplants. Um, I think houseplants are actually easier to look after than crystals. Um, no, I'm, I'm joking. I'm joking. They're pretty chilled, uh, relatively. So I think quartz is the easiest one to work with because you can get them wet. Black tourmaline and more sort of flaky um, rocks and minerals no they're more difficult um you have to do things like sort of smoke cleansers you know with palisanto or sage from the garden i like to use british herbs native english herbs um because i that way i know they're 100 legit and sustainably far you know foraged um from my parents garden actually which is really handy um but people you can use water with quartz so i like to use um water cleansers like in the stream sea or a river or even just your, you know, the rain, leave it out, leave it outside uh, with amethyst, rose quartz, clear quartz, smoky quartz. Those love water as long as it's not too hot. And yes, you can bathe with quartz again as long as the water's not too hot because you don't crack the crystal because they're a little bit like glass. Um, but also salt works really well. So giving it a little like a a, a little salt bath um, just draws out any sort of negative energies. Um, that can work really, really well. Um, but there is something really therapeutic and quite cathartic, actually, about a smoke cleanse, you know, just sort of wafting your, whether it's an incense stick or, as I said, sort of palo santo or some kind of garden herb 
smudge stick, a wand over your crystals, that that's really therapeutic. Just sort of watching the crystal, um, you know, the smoke trail around the crystal is really lovely. And just, again, it's all about the intention, isn't it? So you can give your crystals a million salt baths and leave them under the light of the moon. But if you don't actually believe it's doing anything, and if you're not fully invested in the process, then it probably won't have any effect really. I mean, it will, but not as powerful as it would if you were emotionally engaged with the process. Um, and actually, I found recently that the most effective cleanses are just holding the crystal in your hand. And because I'm Reiki attuned, I will actually use the Reiki symbol for cleansing. But I actually just think speaking to the crystal and I'll say, I'll, hold, I'll cup them in my hands and say, you know, I release this crystal of any negative energy that I might have absorbed on my behalf. Um, and I transmute this, I release this and transmute this into love and light um, and release it, send it up to the stars, just be, you know, be gone free. Um, it just kind of lightens the crystal and I feel it kind of go, <sighs> and then it's great. Everything's good. And it's sort of, I can reset it. And yeah, I, so I've recently, I've been working more with my voice, um, and that can take some time to get used to. I remember the first time I spoke out loud, I think it was sort of a, a smudging mantra, I was like, oh my God, is this what I actually sound like? <laughs> like talking to myself. It took a while. And I think most, I think everyone will know what I'm talking about here, but it, it does take a, a few weeks really to kind of adjust to the sensation of talking to yourself. Yeah. You essentially talking to yourself, right? And empowering yourself by talking to I completely agree. It's so empowering. It's so, so empowering. And I think it actually just the act of speaking aloud to an empty flat for the last two years, I think that has resulted in such a huge confidence boost. I'm so much more articulate on the phone um, because when my anxiety was really bad back in the day, I honestly, a, a, a phone call, seeing it flash up on my screen, it would feel like a personal sort of violation of my rights. <laughs> um phone calls are just not the one, not enjoyable, um, really triggering. And um, yeah, they just kind of using your voice, is, as you say, really empowering. And it's just, um, it's, I think it's so good for you to use it, especially in lockdown right now, you know, loads of us on our own in flats, houses, wherever we are. Um, I think you can kind of quite quickly become quite detached from yourself if you're not actively, if you're not, if you're not activating your voice. So when I was getting ready for this interview and I was browsing through your website, I have to say that you have some of the most gorgeous and finest crystals I've ever come across. And um, so I just wanted to ask you, what's your secret finding these gems and where do you source them? So it took us ages to actually sort of establish our sourcing um, and our relationships with our suppliers. It takes time, you know, we're two years in this May and we only, you know, we've only found really sort of three, four, maybe five sort of main um, avenues. But really it was just about really like getting on the ground and like actively pursuing fine crystals. So I would do so much Googling and speaking to people about um, gem shows and I would attend all these gem shows up and down the country um, where crystal sellers from all over the world attend and you meet them and talk about their, um, you know, their work and what they do. And you just really assess the whole situation organically. 
and that's so important to us. And we've kind of shortlisted a few suppliers only from a few areas of the world. Um, we don't sell, as I said earlier, we don't sell hundreds of crystals from all over the place because I like to be sure where everything's come from. I like to be sure who it's come from um, and pay exactly what's asked of me from source rather than, say, for example, buying online from some massive online gray anonymous wholesaler as i know the majority of online crystal retailers and sellers do you know i know exactly what's going on who's who's unearthed them where they've got them from what they're having for dinner what the name of their kids are um <laughs> you know it's great um i love the relationships we have with our suppliers like we send each other little like love notes on whatsapp <laughs> um it's just great. It's really lovely. Um, and I can't wait to visit them next. And actually, <laughs> it's just, again, this is so unusual for crystal retailers. And I, I just, I'm really proud of it. So our Himalayan supplier, Shoab, he lives in the UK. And whenever we see him, like he brings us all this amazing food that his wife's cooked and like all the have made. And we bring him treats and chocolates. And it's just so lovely. And um, it feels like, a family reunion and we're like oh how's your son and you know what's going on with him and the last time we spoke to him he was I think it was something like he was talking there's a video of him online I think he was talking in parliament or something um he's at school and I I don't know maybe it wasn't parliament it was it was some kind of um political um speech he was given he's giving or a debate and he's just got these big dreams and we support them and I just I just love that we're supporting that you know through consciously sort Thing and supporting their family, their community. Um, it's just great. It's such a nice feeling to be actively involved in the mining communities. Um, for Shoab himself and the Himalayas, he's always going back there because he's got friends and family there and he's he's grown up in the mines and he used to have a little market stall in Islamabad where he'd sell crystals to tourists. Um, so it's in his blood to do this and he loves it. He's so passionate talking about these beautiful specimens um, and he's actually sold to, um, where was it? It was um, the, Na the, Na the Natural History Museum in London. Um, was it that one? Yeah, I think so. Um, yeah, just, yeah, amazing. His stones are incredible. And uh, we're so lucky to have found him and to stock his stunning, his stunning stones. So, yeah, really organic. Um, and that's how we source, meeting people. Um, and yeah, keeping it as organic and authentic and in person as we can. Make it very personal. That's beautiful. And how do you actually decide uh, what crystals to source, like in terms of quality? What, um, what uh, determines their quality and um, the value? Is it the, the origin, where they come from, or the size, shape or color? Or is it your intuition again? Really good question. So kind of a bit of everything there. I would never buy anything that I would not have in my own home. Um, I like to think that I've got quite an expensive taste in crystals. And to be honest, you mentioned value. These beings, these these specimens, these these crystals, they're of the earth. And if you if you look at some of the pieces on the site, they are just beyond words. They are ineffable. Their beauty is ineffable. They're exquisite pieces. And I actually find it insulting to actually price them and do all the maths and, you know, crunch numbers and calculate a sort of a price because I think, wow, you are so beautiful. You don't deserve to have a number, a label on you, you know, like a price tag is just melting to you. Um, but unfortunately it's the nature of the game and we have to price crystals. Um, and, you know, we have overheads, 
Um, so that comes into it. The profits are just the same as sort of cheap, more cheaply priced stones. It's just that we pay exactly what's asked of us because otherwise I think it's actually quite disrespectful to the mining community to try and haggle the price down. Um, so obviously we could go to some like on massive online wholesalers and like buy things in bulk cheaply. And, um, but I wouldn't know where those have come from and I wouldn't know who has unearthed them. I wouldn't know the story behind the stones. So that does definitely come with a price. And I think it's 100% worth it because why would you buy something that's, you know, as spiritual as a crystal? And, you know, they are predominantly spiritual objects. People buy them, you know, mainly um, for their sort of metaphysical properties and sort of healing benefits. So why would you buy something that you don't know the story of, the story behind, and that you can't be sure is you know, legitimately high vibe? Do you know what I mean? Mm. So yeah. I that that does that comes with the price um and you know it's taken two years to get to where we are um blood sweat and tears literally literally the amount of times I've cut my hand open on a crystal <laughs> when they're sort of being refined and you know polished and things <laughs> it can be really sharp yeah <laughs> I mean listening to your story it seems to me that a lot of beautiful and amazing things can rise out of adversity and hitting the rock bottom so piece of advice would you give to someone who's currently experiencing difficulties in life, especially these days when we are under the COVID-19 lockdown? Mm. Gosh, that's such a big question, isn't it? Because everyone's struggles are so unique and subjective and yeah, just unique to them, really. So I think, I think in relation to business, which is kind of what we're talking about, I think and, you know, following your dreams, I, I think that's it, really. Just follow your dreams. You know, like the name of your podcast suggests, Dare to Dream. Um, and actually dare to do it as well. Um, I think dreams are what make us. I think they kind of, for me anyway, my, my dreams, you know, I, I have many dreams that are yet, um, you know, they're yet to materialize. Like I want to be published. I'm writing a fiction novel at the moment. Um, and, you know, at some point I need to do something about that because at the moment I'm dreaming it up, but I need to follow my own advice and actually, you know, do do it. Um, so I think really dreams are, and our stories, at the end of the day, all we are are dreams and stories, aren't we? That's who we are, our legacies we leave behind. And I think that it's so important to make sure that those legacies are positive um, and, you know, that they hold no room for regret or what ifs. And it's so much better to take that leap of faith and just trust the process, even if it seems to be going in the wrong direction and feels like you're failing. Because I felt like I'm failing with this business. And it's, you know, all in all, quite a successful, happy little business. But I've had moments where I've thought, gosh, shall I just pull the plug? Should should I just give it all up now? And um you know, it's hard. Um, it's hard to have a little startup, you know, with no initial capital, no investment. Um, I've done this all by myself and that's really difficult. And I think that it's just so important to keep going with it. Um, and just, just get, go, just, just do it. Just like we were saying earlier on channeling the full energy from the tarot, um, head up to the stars, um, you know, about to set foot on and embark on this journey and, you know, take the plunge, jumping off, that cliff edge, trusting that the universe will catch you um, and that you'll always be exactly where you need to be. 
Because when you're staying true to yourself and you're following your dreams and you're acting on your dreams, the universe rewards that. So good things will happen. It's about taking the initial first step towards that. And then you are rewarded for doing that. The universe likes it when we live our best lives and when we follow our dreams. And yeah, I think people will see that when they try. Yeah, I think that the dreams are like little seeds you plant and then uh, keep looking and maintaining and the dreams attending to them, taking the action the universe will deliver. So I've just been nodding all the way as you were just <laughs> talking. Yeah, <laughs> and um, there's last question that I ask all my podcast guests. And um, so before we wrap up, can you share with us your favorite mantra or affirmation you live by that help you navigate through your days? Yeah. So I was thinking about this the other day, actually, if I had a mantra that sort of summed everything up, what would it be? And in short, I, I don't know. There are so many that I sort of draw on. And really, I know there are sort of, um, you know, ancient mantras that people quote and you know recite in the yoga community. But I actually think the, mo- the, the biggest mantras, the ones that are so powerful, are the ones that come from the heart, from ourselves. And like I was saying to you earlier on, the one that really helps me is I'm always safe. I'm always protected. Um, and if I'm having a bit of a, a panicky day and anxiety's got its grip on me, um, if I say that, I'll be able to drift off to sleep and feel safe. And I think we were, you know, again, what we were saying earlier on, it's like sort of tuning in, tapping into your own voice, your the sound of your soul. That's what your voice is. And just letting the words come forth. And, you know, if it's whatever you need to hear on the day, you know, I am an abundant being. I can do anything. The power lies within me. I am safe. I am protected. Whatever it is, whatever whatever it may be that comes forth, that takes shape in your words, that's what you need to hear. And that's the most important mantra for that moment, I think. What about you? Do you have a, a, a go-to mantra? Yeah, I, I think my mantra is um, uh, is basically what I use uh, in my business and that's why I also decided to call this podcast it's dare to live your dreams um, because my whole life is a collection of dreams come true and it wouldn't happen if I didn't take that dream and you know just follow up with the action and make the decision and kind of um, I am lucky enough in a way that I love kind of taking a leap into unknown and I am more excited about the unknown than scared of it. So yeah, for me, it's there to live your dreams because I know that something amazing that's going to come out out of it. And if it's not this thing, it's going to be something better. With you. Mm. Wow, it's been so much fun, Olivia. Thank you for taking time and and chatting with me. I've learned so much and I had lots of uh, goosebump moments. And yeah, I can't wait to listen over to it again. Before we wrap up, actually, can you maybe share with us uh, where people can find you, your website, your social media? Sure, yeah, sure thing. Um, So online... We're really active on Instagram, which is at whitewitchco underscore. And then our website is whitewitchco.com. I'm always active on um, on Instagram. I, I love it. We've got such an engaged community there. So it'd be really cool if you guys come and find us over there and join in. Um, 
yeah but it's been great talking to you thank you so much Michaela for having me um I think it's got I think yeah this podcast is going to be amazing I'm so excited to listen to future episodes um I'm I'm sold <laughs> it's, been, it's been so nice talking to you well, thank you so much for being my guest. I'm so, so grateful. And I speak to you soon then. Yes, yeah, lots of love. Well, I hope you enjoy this episode of She Dares to Dream podcast. If you loved it as much as I did, make sure to rate and subscribe to the podcast so you never miss an episode. Then head over to the show notes for all the links and information on my guest this week. You can check it out at michaelaoleksova.com forward slash podcast. And while you're there, don't forget to download my free manifestation guide that shows you how to create a business and life of your dreams. I can't wait for you to tune in next time. And until then, have an awesome week.